Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike, your intrepid trio. And uh, it's been a couple weeks. Yes, it has. It was was supposed to be Eric and I last week, but unfortunately... Harvey had something to say about that. And as we're recording this, we're getting this in before Irma involves me. Yeah. So that means that Kylan is next to be threatened by a hurricane. And... And when, if that happens, then we might as well just be looking for the dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much because I'm, pre- I'm pretty far inland, so, you know. Uh, Could you uh, get hurricanes off the lakes up there? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. No, that that just doesn't happen. Maybe no, we get the we, we get the lake effect snow and the lake effect rain and, and you know maybe if AIM has their way. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to come up with a weather gun. That's what's going to happen. Whoever comes up with a weather control gun or a satellite, then they'll be like, okay, all right. It's so, like so, it's like Destro and his weather dominator. You know, I, exactly. I, Destro. I I heard North Korea is working on that. <laughs> You know what? They just may be. And that's just not even funny. (laughs) You know what? Speaking of, I did see a guy dressed as Cobra Commander in his Cobra robe holding a mug that said, uh, number one boss or world's best boss. Wait, wait, wait. Where did you see this at? At Dragon Con. Where else? As were you recruiting? As if by clever Clegg's segue. <laughs> were you were you recruiting? <laughs> I uh, well, recruiting for Shield. Uh, well, uh, I would have been, but there were real agents of Shield there, um, and I didn't want Agent May to uh, put her left foot right across the right side of my face. I'm pretty sure she could have done that. Um, I, and I think the for those of you that, that is boot to the head. Yes. Oh. Yes, uh, yeah, I would not. <laughs> You had, to, that you had to go there. Boop to head. Ow, you booted me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, Dragon Con. Wow. Oh, four days of wow. That's the only way I could put it. Um, so did you actually get to meet the, the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that were I, there? I did not. My wife did pass. I believe it was the guy that, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Ward. Brett Dalton. Brett Dalton, yeah. She passed him. He, he, he surrounded by an entourage. 
so she she passed him in the hallway. Uh, and I. So now I did. I was on the lookout because uh, I did get to watch because that was a huge panel. Uh, was the Agents of Shield? There were like two Agents of Shield panels, and so I got to see one by watching it from the comfort of my room because that well, panel cool. was so big. Uh, some of the larger panels uh, they'll have like the main room. They also have a spillover room, but some of the some of them they'll they'll broadcast. So that that was one of the ones they broadcast. So I got to watch it from my room, and it was good. Now that was the one i believe that originally oh gosh the guy that played uh lance um that was uh oh gosh i i can't not remember i cannot remember the character's name now um it was uh bobby's significant other okay oh lance hunter yes okay so yeah so Oh, blood. Nick, Nick blood. Nick blood. Yeah. So, uh, Nick blood was supposed to be there. He ended up having to cancel last minute. Now here's the thing. And I might be overthinking this, but you, 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 you're bringing in somebody who hasn't been on the show in over roughly a season and a half. Um, I don't know if that means that we're getting Bobby and, and Lance back, but who knows? I uh, see. I don't think so because, uh, Okay, I would love to see it. Oh yeah, I would love to see it, and and I'll touch. We could touch on this later on in the show, but at the same time, think how many people they bring in that was on a TV show or in a movie decades ago. True. I, yeah, you know, once you're in a sci-fi hit or, or pop culture hit thing, yeah, you pretty much you depending on what your speaking fee is, what your appearance fee is, dude, you could go to cons for the rest of your life gil gerard is still making the the con the con circuit well lou yeah he Ferrigno. was there oh yeah lou ferrigno he's oh yeah in fact uh gil gerard was there this season i mean uh, this this dragon con i'm just like well uh and of course shatner was there um please spare us <laughs> and uh stan the man was there uh, now I got to see. I actually got to sit in the same room as Stan Lee at the last Dragon Con I was at. And that was two years ago, and that was a blast. And that also required a lot of waiting. So this time I didn't do that because I've already done that walk before. And so um, uh, there was a lot of Marvel cosplay going on, and not just. Not just Cap and Iron Man. You know, I, I got to see uh, both Hawkeyes. I saw uh, a few. Um, well, I saw some Spider-Gwens. Saw some Silks. Spider-Man, of course. I saw a Squirrel Girl or two. Um, I'm trying to think what's the most obscure one that I've seen. Uh, Howard the Duck? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. I saw Howard <laughs> the Duck. I saw Howard the Duck. With the guitar, so you know it was it was Howard the Duck leading the band, so that was cool. Um, and I got to see, huh? That was the name of his band in the movie, wasn't it, Mike? Howard and the Heartbreakers. You know, I think he's right. Uh, I think so, but but the band that um, Leia Thompson was with was the Cherry Bombs. But I do believe you're huh. correct. It was Howard and the Heartbreakers. Uh. 
I saw uh, I saw my share of Luke Cage's uh, various versions of Iron Fist, uh, and I saw a really good looking um, a, a really a really good looking um, uh, Misty Knight with the bionic arm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, there were a few Jessica Joneses. There were some Jessicas as Jewel uh, for for people who wanted to you know use her comic iteration. Um, there was some really good. I, I thought I saw a Modoc. I saw a Modoc, and that was just really? kind of odd. Yeah, yeah, I saw a Modoc. It was um. Oh, and I saw a surprisingly realistic kingpin. I was. I saw a dude. I was just like, uh, I actually got a little scared. <laughs> I got a little scared, dude. Dude, I mean, dude looked like Kingpin from, like, from the Frank Miller Kingpin that had the big diamond on his uh on his tie. That oh, one, yeah, the tie tack, yeah, yeah, that one. So, okay, so let me ask this question, okay? And, and it's it's kind of DC related, all right? Dragon Dragon Con related. I should I should specify, not distinguished competition. <laughs> uh, the cons that you've been to, right? Uh, because I'm noticing. I'm noticing more of this, and I'm wondering if you are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, an increase in like minority cosplayers. You, you know what? I will tell you this. Um, and this was something me and my friends talked about. Um, I noticed that this time around that there was so much diversity. Um, you know, it, it was so cool to see. It, it, it got to the point where it wasn't even it wasn't even thought about anymore. It was just like, oh, hey, there's a guy. There's a oh, hey, look, there, there, there's a Tony Stark, or hey, there's a Captain America, or it, it, you know, and it just wasn't even. You didn't think, oh, this person is this person is black, or this person is Asian, or this person is uh, is Hispanic. It, none of that mattered, you know, and, and it was so cool to see. Uh, and it was uh I, I would say that especially at at this dragon con you, you definitely got more of that than uh than ones before i mean there there was like a decent amount before don't get me wrong but this time around there was I, I don't know that there was it, it was so much more noticeable because there was so much of it but there was so much of it that you did it that it no longer was even an issue anymore it, it wasn't like you know, you didn't feel like, oh, it's novelty. No, it was just commonplace. You know, it, it gotten you noticed it, but it's gotten to the point where it's not as noticeable. Right. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's uh, you know, it was it, it's one of those things that um, well, okay. In case in point, like I was uh on Sunday night is the uh, oh for for people who do the um. Which one is it? The alternate history track is a mechanical masquerade. And it's sort of like their big ball, sort of like their way of wrapping up their Dragon Con. And so we're sitting at this table. Now, during the parade, I saw this car that uh, it was an MIB car. And the back of it had a memorial to Adam West. And, uh, And the person who owned the car had deemed Adam West. And MIB, right? And so I'm sitting there, and I just talk, start talking to this older gentleman, and he's asking me where I'm from, and I'm asking where he's from, and he's local, and I'm talking about how far we've driven, and just this great conversation. And he's an older guy, so I'm thinking he has to be maybe in his 60s, and he had been coming to Dragon Con since early to mid-90s, okay? So this guy had to start it, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, but at the same time, about... 
I started going to Dragon Con when I was 40, okay? And so I thought that was cool. And this guy was, you know, he had, he was there with his wife, and he, he had his grandkids in the car with them. And so he's showing me all the pictures and everything, and I'd seen this in the parade. And it was so cool because it, like, age didn't matter. Race didn't matter. Um, none of that mattered because we were all just nerds nerding out at that point. And um, I, I have to admit, it was refreshing to have so much of that that you didn't you stopped noticing it you know and it, it was good uh, to me question, that man. would be that would be the the best part of all that you no longer notice it it, yeah. it would it, it was and you know and i have to admit I, I i go through something that people call con drop because for those four days like i cut myself off from the news i i cut myself off from the outside world because i'm like in this nerdy bubble and it's just geeking out and <laughs> and you know living living the nerd life you know and um and you know you you forget about all the other crap that's going on because you're just too busy geeking out for four or five days yeah and then yeah. um and like you know you forgot about race you know you for, you forgot that there's stuff that's supposed to be dividing us it didn't matter because it actually it got to the point where dc and marvel didn't matter <laughs> Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I did. I'm saying that's how real it got. <laughs> oh, and I will tell it, it. That's how real it got. I know. I, I I'm that guy because I'm like, uh, you're you like who? Uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, I was just like, you know, was, I I don't know, dude. It it was you know, it, it was it, it was just a good time, man. It was awesome, and I I saw I saw my share of Destros, by the way. I saw my share of Destro. <laughs> Oh, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> Destro and the Baroness doing you know, the cosplay thing. There you go. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of the Baroness, <laughs> I, I I sat in on the panel with uh, Larry Hammer, and ooh, ooh. and so you know it was he was just kind of like talking about his storytelling process, and so it's all about his early life and everything. So which was really interesting. But then, you know, he was talking about the story of, you know, how G.I. Joe came about. And we're all pretty familiar with that story uh, already. But one of the things he talked with about or without was without the Kung Fu grip. Oh, uh, without the okay. when he went when he went from 11 inches down to five and a half. And, you know, and he was oh, no longer are, just but a team. Yeah, when they went from the, the 12 inch, that, they dropped down to three and three quarter. That, that's the reason why he was that's the reason why he was so mad, <laughs> you know. It's those cold showers, and, and so he uh, he talked about how uh, you know he had all the like the original nine action figures, uh, and he's like, so um, who's the enemy? And they're like, like, we don't know. So he says, what well, they need someone to fight, and he says, you know, like I don't know, like Shield versus Hydra, and the guy goes, I don't know. How about Cobra? So apparently, Cobra was just pulled out of the air. That's what we'll call it. And so he's he's coming up with these soldier the so. Uh, the Cobra Troopers, which really all you see are their eyes because you know they got the helmet and they have like the kerchief over their mouth. And he said yeah. he realized that he needed someone who would react to whatever Cobra Commander was saying. So he said, well, why don't we make her female? Let's make her hot and put her in black leather. And now I'm like, it's all his fault. That's why I like the bad girls in the black leather and the glasses. All his fault. That's all I got to say about that. 
Uh, Jesse, no never, mind the, never mind the fact that she sounds like Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle. And you know what? You don't realize how much, how, how you actually kind of, maybe in some way, it kind of pulls your heartstrings a little bit. I didn't realize that until, I don't know, maybe maybe it was the black leather that, that put, put it all together for me. But yeah, you're right. You remember that episode of the cartoon where they go to that parallel dimension? Yep. Where yeah. the Baroness is actually a double agent working for the resistance yes yeah i said you know what i'm like i did not need to see that because all of a sudden she was no longer a bad girl she was a bad girl with a heart of gold now see i was digging that baroness i was totally digging that baroness i i think kylan kylan needs to work on getting larry hammer on the show i would love to get larry hammer on the show yes <laughs> i you know what I, I i will work on that um and then i want to hear kylan go it's all your fault <laughs> there you go. You know he's probably, had, this. This will be like a therapy session for Kylan. <laughs> you know, although I did see a, I did, I did see. Uh, now you know, I also like Scarlet too. Don't get me wrong, and I also like Lady well, J. Yeah, uh, uh, never mind. Anyway, Lady, I'm telling myself, <laughs> Lady, Lady J had the voice, man. Oh, yes, she did. Did she? And, you know, yes. how in the world did Lady J end up with with um? Flint, really? Don't don't get me started on Flint. Uh, Flint, I, I no. Anyway, oh, it's the shotgun. It's is that shotgun. what it is? It was the shotgun. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Yo yo and <gasps> Oh, you know yo, you're yo right. Mac. You're right. It okay. is the shotgun. It's the shotgun. Now, see, I was thinking it was Flint, the beret. If Flint had the axe blade on his shotgun, he'd have had all the ladies lining up for him. He would have. He would have. It's all about the shotgun. Tell uh, me. I mean, he might have. Cover girl after him at that point, you know. Have mercy. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, it, it it was a good time, and um, I, you know, we, I, I got to, like I said, I got, I got to at least experience the uh, Agents of Shield panel. Uh, they were very careful what how they answered questions. Yeah, I, I did. I've never noticed. I never. I've been to my share of panels. I've been to my share of Dragon Cons. I've never known them t- to police how questions were answered. Sounds like they went to the Dave Filoni school of panel question about <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> they, 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 they were policing how they were answering those questions. So. Well, the Marvel um, panel at uh, Star Wars Celebration was pretty heavily policed, or they were. See, I will say policed. I will say careful. I, I you know, what? I, I will say careful. I, I will. Yeah. I, it wasn't. Like there was somebody waiting to you no know, beat them over the head. I'm sure, but they were careful. Careful how they answered questions. You know. Well, obviously, when when Heather, thinking back at it now, and I wish I had the audio when Heather mentioned Thrawn it, it, when they were doing the the um the question the questioning of the or polling of the audience. Mm-hmm. And Jordan just looked at her. The the look. Is there like, was there was a stink guy involved. It was it was almost leaked. But yes, there will be Thrawn. Look, yes, yes. I oh, I saw a Thrawn, guys. I saw somebody cosplaying a Thrawn. That's awesome. Yeah, he Salamiri. He 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 was he was blue. No, the only thing was he wasn't very tall. Because I always pictured I always pictured Thrawn being you know a very tall person, but this person had the look. They they just weren't as. 
No, I picture Thrawn being a very tall and a man of presence, as right. it were. Did you, uh, did you have the temptation to walk up to him going, aren't you a little bit short for a Grand Admiral? <laughs> well, you know, I was, I, I was tempted to, but I didn't know if he may have had, you know, some some Imperial commandos around to take me out. Because uh, Thrawn would do that. <laughs> you know? The Nogri bodyguard would probably, like, just be just, just in the shadows waiting for you to slip up. See, and I don't need that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, I'm not asking. How, how many Dr. Afras? You know, I, I'll be honest with you. If I, I'm sure that there were some Afras. I did not see any. Um, now, but that's not to say that there were, well, based on the pictures that we've been looking at in some of the uh, official Dragon Con groups, there was a ton of cosplay that I missed. And like daily, there were official photo shoots so there were like you know like imperial photo shoots or like Darth right. Vader photo shoots I'm sure there, there was probably a Vader and Afra photo shoot I you know so I didn't see any Afras but you know based on where I was located it doesn't mean that there weren't any there I just didn't see any so yeah, but I'm, I, I, I'm sure there were I, I'm, I'm almost positive there were so yeah well Awesome con report about Dragon Con. One of these days, there will be a Mighty Marvel Geeks invasion. Oh, heck yeah. We will just wait and see. (laughs) So, while during our time of absence, there was a, a story that... Okay, it came out September second, but this is a story we, we've touched on briefly before. But I thought I thought this brought some more some more light to things, or or not light some some new issues, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics rumored to be in some serious trouble. Uh, it's that t- it's time for that rumor mill to start spinning. And it might be a big one. This is from ScreenGeek.net. Word around the comic book campfire is Marvel's lines of comics are a disaster behind the scenes and big changes are coming our way. You're going to have to take this with a huge grain of salt, but the news is showing up on message boards across 4chan on their diverse replacement characters, i.e. Amadeus Cho's Hulk, Wade Wilson's Captain America. Um, of course, that's Mark Wade's... Sam Wilson. Doing Sam Wilson's Captain America, Jane Foster's Thor, etc. And to add more salt, Marvel... Um, and, and, and add more to the salt, um, Marvel is looking to bring back the originals to the Inhumans and X-Men in hopes to boost sales. So Bleeding Cool, then, you know, a lot of this seemed to be, you know, smoke, no fire. But then Bleeding Cool are stating that these are rumors that are just that, rumors. And here's what's been popping up. Editorial is miserable, understaffed, underexperienced, and overworked. The direction at the top corporate level is a mess of politics and infighting. They all look the fool to Disney because Feige split and the bad PR and constant gaming of their declining sales is wearing on them. Top brass want to make make a hard left back to what worked with Steve, Thor, Tony, Banner, and other recognizable faces. Editorial knows how bad it's going to look to push all the all their diversity celebrations to the side. Reality is those books didn't sell. A lot of it had to do with Marvel's chintzy practices finally reaching a breaking point with the fans. And the internal editorial spin is that the comic shop fans aren't ready to embrace a change. So we're going to stop there. That's just the first paragraph. Uh, 
Okay, so comments on this first paragraph. Okay, my first comments on this paragraph. This is not really anything earth-shattering. Right. I mean, it's it's nothing that should be a surprise to any of us. Right. Right. Now, corporate politics, you're going to see it anywhere you go. Uh, You hope you don't get, but it is a reality. Right. Right. Have they had a lot of bad PR? Yes. Yes, they have. Have sales been declining? Yes. Yes, they have. And we have touched on this diversity issue, quote unquote issue, in previous issues. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think the the message that I got out of our discussion was that we like the diverse characters. We like that that there's a Miles Morales. Yeah. But the problem is it doesn't matter that we like these characters we don't want to see them taking the place of the characters we have we have known and loved for many years right Right. it's kind of like yes we like miles morales but peter parker always has been is and always will be the one true spider-man right right all right we like sam wilson as captain america Mm -hmm. despite who's writing it but it's been but done before. It has been done before. And there's also a bit of cynicism because we all know that sooner or later, the That's original just, always comes back. Always. Yeah. And, and for us, it's just a matter of time. Right. Yeah. So as much as we like Sam Wilson as Captain America, Steve Rogers was, is, and always will be the true Captain America. Same with right. Iron Man. Same with right. Thor. Right. Well, that we don't and you put them as something else. Right. Their own case. So it, to, I like what they've done with Hawkeye. They've had mm-hmm. Clinton and um, Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop, right? In the same title. Now, see, I love that the way that uh, the way that uh, oh lord, who was the writer? Ramon Perez was the penciler. Mm-hmm. David Aha may have been, but I like the way that they did that. Yeah. Yes. Well, to, to continue on, the terrible reaction to Hydra Cap slash Secret Empire forced a change in plans. Originally, it was going to end with a quasi Dark Reign scenario where Hydra is vanquished thanks to cubic to cubic shenanigans and the world security council from the movie steps in to assume power over the superheroes and everything else has civil war era overtones with registrations okay so secret empire was now going to roughly say the 616 or the marvel books are almost going to parallel the movies with right organizations and everything else right which is what we've talked about in the past should should the books mirror the movies or mirror the universe of the movies to draw in newer readers who are going to the movies going i want something like this saw the movie and want something similar i don't mind elements from the movies making their way into the comics but i like the fact that i like the fact that the comics have a different continuity than the books how this is not a new thing the book and the movie not being exactly the same. No, no. Right. Um, then uh, boot camps, and then the idea of an inhuman ban. Uh, the vanishing point would be a way to bring back Steve, Tony, Thor, and Banner. Uh, sort of like Hickman's Time Runs Out, Jump Skip, but in reverse. It would rewind the characters to before the Hydra subversion stars. The classic heroes realize that they have lost touch with the people 
and need to learn how to fight them again. In the meantime, the new generation of Miles, Kamala, Riri, and the other champions will form the resistance against the World Security Council. Uh, Generation was also planned to be the transition from the classic guys taking a step back and letting the new generation lead the change, or lead the charge. Now, Legacy is a rush job. They, they can't afford to take the classic characters off the table uh, like that for so long, but they also don't want to piss off the new diverse audience that they've been trying to court. They're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And, and please, all masters. It's a scattershot way to buy time while the right course, while they write the course on several books. Uh, it's, it's not going to be about new number ones, but milestone 500, 600, 800 issues. A lot of these big, big volume numbers are really stretching the definition, but the constant relaunches have started to seriously damage the trade department's ability to plan out long-term marketing. Mm. So, uh, I guess I will continue. They are, of course, this is still a quote from Bleeding Cool. Um, they're bringing back the ultimate line for the teen heroes. Miles will become ultimate Spider-Man again. Siri becomes ultimate Iron Man. X-Men Blue because becomes ultimate X-Men. Uh, champions become the ultimates. And the, the only adult character that will be a regular presence is Captain Marvel because they want her to be seen as a prominent character to the overarching power structure of the World Security Council slash S.H.I.E.L.D and other elements that will factor into her movie heavily. They still make guest appearances in the main books, but they don't expect them to anchor any more franchises. Bendis staying on Miles and Reary. Hopeless is still on Alt-X. New Ultimates writer is Amy Reader. So, bringing back the Ultimates, making them more the teen heroes. So I have no problem with that. So, Ultimate Spider-Man is Miles, leaving Parker as the Spider-Man. That's cool with me. Uh, I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's, what did I just say? We like these characters. I, I think, were they saying trying to please all masters? I don't see it as being like a scattershot method. No. I think it's I think it is a realization that yes, we like these we like these characters, but we like the classics as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Classic and ultimate it does not have to be one or the other people. No. Right. Now Wade is a stopgap on Cap to bridge the legacy launch. Then takes over Iron Man with issue six hundred. Doom will be the main villain. So Iron Man and Doom. Interesting. That's happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh Coates is taking over cap with 700 okay they want him on the book to endorse the image re- rehabilitation there's a lot of talk of face palming intentionally about the cap is a nazi talk he's on both that and the black panther as long as his schedule allows they got lucky okay. with, they got lucky with greg pack and hulk it leads into a planet hulk revival pretty seamless seamlessly jane foster dying was always the end game with the storyline, but the positive response with the female fans means they're trying to find a way to make her stick around. Tentatively, planning to make her the new Valkyrie as the movie version is a blank slate and no one cares about the 70s Defenders character. I disagree with that. Classic Thor will be spacebound for a while, definitely through Ragnarok. Slot Dan Slot is off Amazing Spider-Man. 
They're going to move him over to friendly to friendly neighborhood. Uh, the fear is he would sign exclusive with DC if they took it away from him completely. Plus, he struggles with deadlines, and there's less risk of him off to the side. They can't ignore declining sales anymore, and it's time for a refresh. Uh, Spencer was earmarked for Amazing Spider-Man for a while, but he's quote-unquote earned it after taking the heat for Secret Empire. Plus, there are fans for his Super Foes book in editorial, and the plan is to emphasize tech-based criminals. Go smaller scale, focus on New York City. Yes, like the movie. No, they're not going to de-age him to a teenager, although it's a corporate synergy idea that has been floated. Editorial has been trying to argue that there's no great way to do it yet. Do it yet. Um, they're hoping Tom Holland ages up and they give up on that idea. Um, the time-displaced X-Men are an albatross brought on by the first-class synergy. There are no plans for MG beyond guest spots here and there. The marriage isn't coming back ever. Renew Your Vows will stick around until it's a money loss. It's just a spinoff that's... That has some legs like Spider Gwen, Silver, Silver Sable, and Black Cat. Uh, plans are um, are being developed. The big plans for the Venom series to have a central role in the Marvel events. So, uh, uh, I mean, they just <laughs> they just continue on and on and on. You know, who's coming off here? Who's coming off there? Who's stepping in? Who's stepping out? Um, where do we where do we go well you know to be fair marvel i felt like was in a good place when they had when they introduced the ultimate uh the ultimate uh line you had the ultimate line you had the 616 line and uh, really even at that point there was the um oh uh, gosh which one is it there uh 2099 now the their uh, the adult line max um max yeah max yeah okay so you you have a variety of rights you had a variety of books for everyone and i was i was somebody that I, I was i was a fan there were books that were in the marvel line i liked there are there are books that were in the ultimate line i liked there were books that were in uh, the max line i like uh i could pick and choose as i wanted and i understand that Mar- that marvel likes this idea of the movie goer getting the same experience on the animated series they're going to get in the comic that they're going to get on the big screen and a little screen i get it but you know what sometimes it's just not feasible and i think we're seeing that 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 overreaching vision was not going to work this time and that's okay all right i used to work at a uh, at a company that was uh, like a regional home center chain mm-hmm. and the owner of the company uh looked at me one time and and said something i will never forget and and i've kind of taken these words to heart it's it's been like i don't know close to 20 years since he said it but he said if you're batting a thousand you're not swinging enough you know and basically basically that means if if everything is successful you're not taking enough chances and so i will get i will give marvel all the props in the world for trying for going out and and bringing the diversity and going with the ultimate line the 2099 line the marvel max line that all that not all of them are the new universe for 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 that matter i mean i love star brand oh yeah yeah. But, you know, it just some ideas just don't pan out or or 
they pan out, but they don't work as well as you hope they would. So I don't see this as panicking so much. I would like not to see it as panicking. We'll put it that way. But at some point, you do have to take a step back Mm -hmm. and say, look, the idea of making Cap Hydra, it looked good on paper, but it didn't work out as well as we had hoped. Right. All these all these mega crossovers, Civil War, Civil War Two, you know, Avengers versus X-Men, whatever. They're okay every once in a great while, but we overdid it. Yes. And Secret Empire, again, that Secret Empire to me was like the perfect storm of ideas that looked good on paper, but, but not so much it, in the... It, but that's where it should have stayed. Yeah. You know, making Cap Hydra another big thing, another relaunch, another, you know, essentially reality reboot. It's it, it's kind of like three big ideas that Marvel has kind of... <coughs> either done to death or shouldn't have done in the first place. Right. And yes, there's going to be a lot of shuffling around after this. You know, with with Spencer, and as much as I rag on Spencer, mm-hmm. and I have no problem ragging on Spencer when I think he deserves it. I mean, yes, he has taken a lot of heat on this. Do you want to put him on another, uh, on another time? The man has talent, and I've said this in a previous issue. I do not question his his whether or not he's worthy to be at Marvel. Right. I just don't like the direction he took all this. Mm-hmm. If you put him on another title that would not lend itself as well to the directions that he took it, mm-hmm. he might be fine. So I, I think after this, it, it is time for it, it is time for a period of self-reflection, inventory on the state of the Marvel Comics universe at the moment, and just say, what did we get away from? How do we go back to it? Right. That to me is not panic. To me, that is it, it's common sense. I I have to admit I agree with Eric. I mean, well, I, th- I think we all agree. It's at some point get get things together. Get figure figure out how to write the ship. Let's get it back on track again. It, what I have seen out of Marvel, or really what I have what I have not seen out of Marvel lately on the comic books, that is a coherency. Yes, coherency and consistency. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you start a new series and you pull it after twelve issues, and then you start up another one, it's like Rocket and Groot, and then Rocket. Perfect example. It's like, oh, we had this series, but we're going to cancel it, and we're going to start a new series with this character. Then what the heck was wrong with the old series? And it just it it just had this this feel of Marvel's just throwing darts at a wall and see what sticks. It really did. It's like, you know, um, and there were some there were some titles that they had out there that had some promise, but because you're throwing out fourteen thousand things out there, it's hard for it's hard for any of them to stick. Like personally, I liked the I like the Nick Fury series. I'm ninety nine percent sure that that series is gonna not, is gonna uh, be gone soon. Um, I I just am. You know, I I it, you could tell it was a title that was kind of thrown out there just to see if people would follow it. But then you end up with all these other titles thrown out there only to have. Oh well, we're going to have generations come out now, and then it's going to be legacy, and then we're going. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's just reset. 
you know, settle down, reset, and then get a direction. I think that, it looks like that's what they're doing. I hope. The, a reset that's a real reset. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't, I would love for them to go 12 months without a overreaching uh, company-wide multi-comic event. What it, I have heard, I have heard through the, I've heard rumors on that there is now a moratorium set that's like at least 18 months before the next big cross issue event. Awesome. I mean, I, I'm okay hope. with I, I'm okay if like Daredevil ends up with like a, a three story, a, a three issue story arc or something like that. I'm fine with that. That's one thing. But like the Civil War, Civil War 2, uh, A versus X, uh, it, no, no. See, the problem when you do that as often as Marvel has been doing, you have to top the previous. I mean, you can't, you can't do like say you put you know Civil War, which is like a, on a scale of one to ten, is a nine or a ten. You can't come back with something that only rates a six or seven. Right? No, you no. have to outdo the previous event. Exactly. And the question is, there is a ceiling. It's like, how far can you go? And at what point is it too far? I think Secret Secret Empire is the very textbook definition of too far. Yeah. Well, it, it really was. I mean, it was... You know, we were. It, it felt like it felt like they were clamoring for. And not not that it doesn't. Not, I'm not saying it doesn't make for a good story. Uh, Dawn, my my wife is reading is reading it right now, and, and she's now mind you, she's just focusing on the main story. She's not getting all pulled into the other uh tight the other uh series the stories. Just yeah. the side stories. She's not getting pulled into those. The main story itself, she's in enjoying is well written but at the same time this is the third major story in three years no technically the fourth story in four years i believe because uh, i mean there's been a multi there's been a, like one a major multi-issue event for like the fast last four years now i think mm-hmm. it, it's been like off and on for six eight months unless you look at it, uh secret wars which lasted a lot longer than it should have. Oh, there's secret wars. Oh, oh yeah. So, you know what? I stand corrected. Five. That's five years because we've had. Okay, because we have a secret empire. We had uh, civil war two. We had secret wars. We had civil war one, and then we have A versus X before that. Um. No, you had you had Axis. See. Okay, there, there's been a lot. There's I mean, been a, a lot. Whole, a whole lot. And yeah, but I, I kind of want to hit this last story before we get into our picks of the week. Um, yeah. Because there's there's a whole lot yeah. with it, and it, it's breaking today. You know, it's breaking at the time yeah. of the recording as well. It, it is. Now, <clears throat> we have already heard that this, this story here comes out of Variety. Uh, we've already heard that Disney was planning to come out its own streaming service. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, the mouse's version of Netflix uh, set to launch in 2019. And people have been asking, well, what about the Marvel stuff that's on Netflix, like, you know, the the Luke Cage, the Daredevil, the Defenders, all that. And what about the Star Wars stuff? Well, uh, today, CEO Bob I- Disney CEO Bob Iger uh, said during a question-answer session at Bank of America Merrill 
Merrill Lynch Media's Communications and Entertainment Conference held in Beryl's. Uh, he said, quote, we've now decided we will put the Marvel and Star Wars movies on this app as well. So that means all the Disney stuff <coughs> is leaving, all the Marvel stuff is leaving Netflix, and all the Star Wars stuff is leaving Netflix. Now, there, there, now, was, there was talk that Marvel and Star Wars would have their own streaming service, which, okay, right. with Marvel, that's possible. That's easily possible, because if you add all the cartoons and everything else, mm-hmm. easily. I, Star Wars, me, I couldn't see, because there, there's just not enough there. No. It all makes sense. This Disney does, yeah. stuff, Marvel stuff, and the Star Wars. You put all that stuff together, and now you've got a package you can sell. Right. Plus, uh, di- in the same in the same conference, uh, Iger said that Disney plans to produce four or five original movies per year, as well as an equal number of original series and TV movies. Now, four or five original movies, four or five original series, four or five TV movies mm. opens up a lot of uh, of room, a lot of wiggle room, a lot of opportunities for some of the Marvel characters that. Maybe there has been fan support for, like, say, uh, a Ghost Rider or a Moon Knight. Mm. Yep. Mm. Sons of Midnight. Yeah, Midnight Sons. Howling Commandos. But now I do have a question. Now, what does that mean for the uh, like the, the Marvel Netflix series? So it, does that end in, in 2019? I mean, because if that's I can't see Marvel being I can't see Mar- Marvel well or D- Disney being willing to produce the grittier stuff like you're getting on Netflix. You know what? Considering <coughs> considering how popular that the Marvel Netflix series have been. Mm-hmm. I would not be so if I were if I were Bob Iger, mm-hmm. I would be nuts to get away from that. Yes. Because it's kind of like this formula is working. This this concept is working. But because you have a, let, let's say, okay, we have streaming Disney app. There are different mm-hmm. channels in that app. Mm-hmm. You have your Disney XD app, you know, the Disney XD, XD channel, the Disney Junior channel, the uh, Marvel channel, the mm-hmm. Star Wars. That way you could, if you're a parent and you say, well, I want my child to be able to watch the Disney stuff, but not the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, then there should be like a setting to say, okay, this channel's blocked. Right. This channel on the app is blocked. Or do like what Netflix says, all right, you have different profiles. Like there's one for me, there's one for my son. I also let my ex have a have a profile on it just because, you know, that's how I roll. Mm-hmm. Right. But each one has different parental permissions. Right. I My profile has, has more permissions than my sons. Mm-hmm. So I see something like that coming into play as well. Right. So I still don't know 100% how I feel about this. If it because I pay for Netflix already, right? And this app, well, that just means a, a higher another subscription that I've got to pay each month. Mm-hmm. Now, honestly, I can't see this being more expensive than Netflix. I can't either. I, I, I mean, I don't want to see it more expensive than Netflix. We'll put it no, that way. I don't. So, if this translates into more opportunities <laughs> to Marvel products brought to the screen, then I'm going to treat it as 
is a good thing. Right. And you know, I like okay, like I was in a group um where where this was posted and some people were saying that, you know, that their their complaint was that they they did not cut uh cable only to have to pay an equal amount for various streaming services. Okay. Okay. I I I I, I, I can understand that. Now like uh, not be honest with you, well, like in my house, we still have cable, uh, but we also have Amazon Prime and Netflix, and we're we're good. We're, I'm more than good with everything. Uh, so, but I couldn't imagine cutting cable, uh, of just for the 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 very fact of you know, I, I guess as a money saving measure, and you know, there was at one point, you know, if you had. Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu, you're set. But now all of a sudden, Disney's figured out, oh, hey, I can split off and do my own thing. And DC is like, oh, man, I can split off and do my own thing. Hey, everybody else is like, oh, we can split off their own thing. So now you've gone from paying 150, 200 bucks a month. You, you, yes, gone from that to paying maybe what, I guess, between Hulu, Netflix, and, uh, and, and Prime, you, let's say you're paying just for sake of argument, 50 bucks a month. Okay. But now all the companies are starting to split off and do their own thing. Yep. It's, it's getting to the point. It's almost easier to keep the cable. And, and, that, that's, and I'm wondering if what's going to happen, if, you know, we're, we're going to see this and I guarantee you somewhere around, I don't know, 2025, somebody be like, why don't we bundle all these streaming services together? And, you know, that way you pay one fee, you have all the streaming services. And what do you have? you have a cable company. Well, see, it's a little bit different, though, because the thing about cable is that you don't control what's playing. That is true. You you can't even really control what channels you have. I mean, you get the basic cable, or you can get this add-on package, number one, that has some channels you like, some channels you may not like, and some you may never have even heard of. Right. You know, like, you get the sports package. You get the movie package. Package. You get the additional movie package it, with this with the streaming services. Then it's kind of like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Iron Fist this night, this evening. Mm-hmm. I want to watch Iron Fist. I go to Netflix. I pull up Iron Fist. I'm watching Iron Fist. It's yep. that right. on demand part, the instant gratification part of streaming services. That's the draw, mm-hmm. right? And cable is either going to adopt more of an on demand component. Or they're gonna they're gonna fade away. Well, my cable company well, I would has say my a com- huge on demand. I mean, there's like seven, eight different options for on demand. I, I, and mine does too. Like one day, I I, I try to come up with a obscure martial arts action movie uh, j- just to see if they had it. And one of the channels actually had it as far as their on-demand library. Uh, I, you know, so I don't know. Now, the only thing is, is like you said, um, you you probably will have definitely more variety with the streaming services. But, but cable companies are starting to kind of pick up on the on-demand model, and yeah. they're they're taking advantage of that too. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> streaming service. It's if you want the Marvel stuff, if you're going to want the Star Wars stuff, 
it looks like 2019, it's whatever this Disney streaming, that's the way it's going to have to be. Unless something, I mean, but they know there's a long time between now and 2019, you know. True. So, you know, we'll, we'll still, you know, we can still do it. definitely keep our ears open and see what's, see what's, uh, what's shaking, as yeah. it were. Yeah. Well, let's get into our... Our picks of the week. Uh, Kyle, why don't you start us off? Okay, so my first pick of the week is Defenders number five. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, if my screen would let me see it. Uh, one moment, of course. Um, really? <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know what? My, hey, Mike! You are to access this area. That, that that's pretty much it. Yes. So we broke uh, Highland again. I, I, you know what? It, wait, hold on. Oh, we're good. We're good. Let's go with my number one is a number one. Generations, Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel. Uh, the writer is Margaret Stoll. The artist is Brent Shovner, and the cover artist is David Nakayama. Carol Danvers, the mighty Captain Marvel, finds herself face to face with someone she never thought she'd see again. Marvel of the Cree, the mighty Captain Marvel. But before she can get to the bottom of this impossible reunion, she gets embroiled in combat with someone who wants the Cree destroyed. Talk about terrible timing. Yeah. Uh, Eric, why don't you go next? My first pick of the week is Rocket Number 5, written by Al Ewing and art by Adam Gorham, with cover art by Mike Mayhew. Caster Narbark III is the richest sentient in three sectors and CEO of the Beaverton Corporation. Rocket is neither of these things. By the end of this issue, one of them will be holding 10 billion credits and one will have a bullet in the head. It's the same one. Okay. Well, my and first pick of the week is Zombies Assemble 2. Number two, it's a four-part issue, or four-part series. Uh, spoiler alert, no one is immune to the zombie virus, not even the Hulk. The Avengers face off against their strongest teammates while the race to find a cure continues. As the virus spreads across New York and among the Avengers, new information comes to light about Dr. Toshiko Amano, Jasper Scott, and the interstellar origins of the zombie plague. Is it too late to stop from spreading further? Printed in black and white in the original right-to-left reading orientation. So they are doing this very manga-like. So, Kylan, your second pick. My second pick is Defenders number five. The writer is Cleveland's own Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, the artist is David Marquez. Cover artist is also David Marquez. The Punisher strikes with the mean streets of Marvel more dangerous than ever. What could possibly make Frank Castle turn on his fellow vigilantes? Don't they all want the same thing? Another dangerous chapter of the hottest new team in all of comics. And if you look at this issue, if you look at the the cover, it just looks 
looks painful, even though it is Luke Cage on the cover. It just looks downright painful. Just saying. Yeah, Eric, your second pick. My second pick of the week is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme number 12, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Nathan Stockton, with cover art by Javier Rodriguez. It's time for the Sorcerers to go home. With their original mission finally complete, Doctor Strange must figure out a way to send everyone back to their original timelines. Spoiler alert, not everyone will make it home. Interesting. Well, my second pick of the week is the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 24. Surprise! Um, writer is Ryan North. Artist is Erica Henderson. Uh, Squirrel Girl, Nancy, and Tippy are all trapped in the Savage Land. Good thing there are only regular dinosaurs there, and not, for example, a jet- giant metal killer dinosaur version of Ultron instead. Sorry, I'm just getting word that he that there is, in fact, a gentle, giant metal killer dinosaur version of Ultron here. And Squirrel Girl needs to stop him before he takes over the world. A task that has regularly bested many other superheroes, including the Avengers themselves. But don't worry, because Squirrel Girl is not alone. She's got Nancy, a regular human with no powers, and Tippy, a regular squirrel with no powers on her side, uh, to help her out against the rage of Ultron. And it's not just any Ultron, but a new improved Ultron with extremely dangerous and we must admit, extremely awesome Tyrannosaurus Rex bod. Also, Craven the Hunter is in this issue too, so if you love dinosaurs, robots, and men in lion vest, boy, howdy, do we have a comic book for you. <laughs> so, Kylan, your third pick of the week. Hey, my third pick of the week is, frankly speaking, one of those books that was uh, a casualty of the let's throw everything at a wall and see what sticks method from this past year. Uh, Electra, Volume 1, always bet, bet on red straight paperback. The writer is Matt Owens. The artist is Juan Cabal. And the cover artist is uh, Elizabeth Torque. Running from her tumultuous past, Electra attempts to lose herself in a vibrant sea of neon, noise, and anonymity. An, an, an I said it. <laughs> the, gum, the gambler's paradise, Las Vegas. But how long can a former ninja assassin really hope to escape the vortex of violence that encompasses her life? Especially when there's a new would-be kingpin in Sin City who has her in his crosshairs. Enter R.K., a string of clues, including high-tech weaponry, kidnappings, and assassins, will lead Elektra to a game of chance more deadly than she ever expected. But she hasn't forgotten her past or any of the skills she learned. And R.K. will find out she's more than ready for a casino battle royale. If you know Elektra, you know to always bet on red. This is collecting Elektra uh, 1 through 5 from the uh, 2017 series which just recently ended so there you go eric your final pick of the week my final pick of the week i gotta set this up because as longtime listeners to this show will know i used to be in the comic book industry and my primary job was as a colorist so when i see this in the lineup i have to grab it it is color your own star wars darth vader trade paperback yes (laughs) <laughs> did I get yours? I don't no, think I did. No, did I? No. Okay, good. I totally right. missed that. Right. It was okay. I, I, I missed okay. it, but I do own three others. Let's see. There you go. But anyway, color your own Star Wars Darth Vader trade paperback 
Uh, art by Salvador LaRocca with Eddie Granov as the cover artist. Wield your pincers, pincers, wield your pencils, markers, or crayons like a lightsaber and bring life to the world of one of the greatest villains of all, Darth Vader. For the Dark Lord is rendered here in 60 pages of crisp black and white, and he finds the lack of color disturbing. I like that. Vader is waiting for you to add shades to the legendary struggle between the Empire and the Rebels, and he's brought along more Star Wars bad guys like Boba Fett, Jabba the Hutt, and the all-new rogues, Dr. Afra, BT, Triple yep. Zero, and Black Kurstan. Feel the power of the dark side and go to town with your charcoals. Or bring out the Sith Lord's rarely seen lighter side with pastels. <laughs> Or don't. <laughs> Use the force or press lightly. But whatever you do, join Vader and together you can rule this coloring book. I have the Star Wars one, which is amazing. I have the Spider-Man one and I have color your own Civil War. Mm. Civil mm. War is intimidating. But these, you, you get covers. I mean, the pages are covers. They're actual pages from the books, from the different books. So figure color your own. You're going to get pages from pages and covers from 25 issues of Vader, of that Vader series. Wow. And there it's, you go. It's going to be impressive. Well, along those lines, my final pick is Star Wars number 36. Uh, writers Jason Aaron, artist Salv- Salvador LaRocca. The Empire has held 3PO captive for too long. There's no way they are prepared to deal with this rescue. That's right. R2 is ready to take action. So, Kylan, if you would, your Marvel Unlimited pick. My Marvel Unlimited pick is Daredevil and Captain America, Dead on Arrival. Uh, the the writer is Tito Ferracci. The artist is Claudio Villa. Translation is by Alexandra Hayne Cole. The adaption is by Larry Hama. Letterer is David Sharp. Okay. So presented for the first time in North America, an amazing tale by two of Europe's top creators, starring two of the world's most popular superheroes. A series of bizarre murders suggests that a long dead villain has returned turn from the grave. The desperate New York police turn to the man without fear, Daredevil, to solve the case. Daredevil, however, is unaware that Captain America is also investigating. Uh, this is a one-shot, 48 pages, um, and it's 48 pages of the man without fear and the first Avenger. So how can you go wrong with that? Did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's because I kept it on ice. Oh, oh see so what I did there? So and, and, I did here, there. and here I thought we were going to shield the listeners from this type of humor. <laughs> oh, well, you know, that's what happens when it's not on your radar. You know? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I'm just going to mention... Um, even though we didn't have a show last week, we have a new we have a new column on actually we have two new columns on MightyMarvelGeeks.net. There is Marvel Madness where we take the Marvel Unlimited pick from each week and highlight it every Monday on on the site. And every Tuesday, I believe, we'll do the picks of the week where we recap those as well right before a new comic book day. Last week's Marvel Marvel Madness or Marvel Unlimited pick, which you'll find in Marvel Madness. Is 
is the book club pick for this month as well. And it's Captain America number 117 from the 19, from September of 1969. So, uh, we'll be discussing that next month on, on, uh, on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Cool. Any, any final thoughts? Final final comments. Actually, I, I think I, I've reached my quota. I think I, I think I reached mine. I although you're making me want to pull out my um I my Star Wars and my uh, Marvel coloring books, but maybe I'll do that this weekend. I I'm gonna go with uh it was a, we talked about this before show. Drew Goddard has been announced as director and writer of X Force. Yes. Mm. So yes. Uh, there you go. So um. Other than will that, we get Josh Brolin as Cable again, though? I think we will, because uh, it, 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 so. it is a Deadpool book. It is a Deadpool movie. I like it. it. it Deadpool's fun. So um, I want him. I want him back as because oh. he's looking. He's looking good in what we've seen so far. It's yep. crazy, isn't it? Yep. Uh huh. Oh man. So other than that, uh, check out the site. Check out our affiliates. They're on the right hand side of the site. Ripped Apparel and superhero stuff. Until next time. All right. Wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So, um, going back to the subscription service, imagine this. All right? We're going to get the entire Disney Pixar film archive. All the Marvel movies and TV series. All mm-hmm. the Star Wars films, Clone Wars, Rebels, etc. Mm-hmm. Exclusive produced shows, exclusively produced films, all the Disney mm-hmm. Channel shows ever, and all the indie films. That, I'm good with that. that that's, that's a heck of a selling. Including the Ewoks and Droids cartoon shows. I hope so. And um, too. How, how about one thing I saw missing that this person brought up? What about the Muppets? Oh. Mm. The old Muppet show? Sign me oh. up. Yes.